All right, welcome back to Firewall. As usual, I'm your host, Bradley Tusk. A very, very special guest with me today, my daughter, Abigail Tusk. Hey, Abby, how's it going? Hi. So you're on this podcast, so I stole this idea from, from Bill Simmons, and I was listening to his podcast the other day, and he had his daughter, who I think is a senior in high school, on, and she said a few things that I mentioned to you at dinner last night, just trying to make conversation, and you said, I want to be on a podcast, and I said, okay. So I did say that. Here we are. So uh, why don't we kind of talk about what it's like to be a teenager today, what it's like to be a member of Gen Z, you know, how you see the world. Uh, mm -hmm. There's no right or wrong answers here. It's just, just whatever seems right to you. So okay. can start... I give like a disclaimer? Sure. What's your disclaimer? All of my answers are through my perspective. And my perspective, I would say, is not the same perspective as everybody because I have a lot more privilege than many people. And I also in some aspects suffer with some things that like some others don't like I'm like like a teenage boy listening to this with like different perspectives you sure, know sure. so yeah. just disclaimer right and then just to establish some some biographical facts you're 16 yes you're in the 11th grade and you live in New York City yes all true okay so I want to start with social media platforms and you know we talk about that a lot on this podcast but but usually from a business or a policy standpoint and I'm just going to throw out a name of a, of a platform and you tell me whatever you, whatever comes to mind so Instagram it's like like it's kind of just tired but it's also it's inescapable I would say inescapable is a good why why is it inescapable because it's really stupid and it's like like everybody I know like we all agree Instagram is horrible for us for our generation for like our views of ourselves for even like our political opinions and even like as it does even with like Instagram activism and virtue signaling that that's like even if it's not focused on ourselves it still focuses everything on ourselves but um it's also inescapable in a way because it's hard to I guess like have a social life and be like relevant without mm -hmm. Instagram sure that makes sense um Facebook Facebook have you ever even been on Facebook? No. Yeah, <laughs> that was probably that was, that was what I was expecting. Uh, how about Twitter? Have you been on Twitter? I've been on Twitter, in but it's my 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 Twitter experience is just Taylor Swift Twitter. People being like crazy and predicting things about Taylor Swift when we like know they're not going to happen, but like reading into every single thing she does. So like that's also not a not a big like not a very I don't have a really experience of Twitter overall. Do you tweet ever? Sometimes I used to tweet. At my friends. You don't do that anymore? No. All right, what about Snapchat? Again, kind of like Instagram, like inescapable, but also stupid okay. because Snapchat makes me feel like a hypocrite because I hate Snapchat mm -hmm. and yet I still like use it. I was like on Snapchat like three minutes before we started this podcast, right. but also like, I don't know, I think with Snapchat, it almost breeds like an atmosphere and like a way of communication that is really dangerous and not even dangerous, but it's just really harmful and really bad. How so? A lot of times Snapchat, like so much of Snapchatting somebody, somebody that's like a romantic interest, I would say like, mm -hmm. like building a relationship with somebody through Snapchat is really harmful to communication, to because honesty. Because it's, it's so ephemeral because it just comes and goes so fast? Um. Well, it's almost because it breeds the like the whole thing with delivered and opened it's like a really dangerous thing for you to like respond really quickly because then it's like oh no what if you care and so so many people like when snapchatting people that they care about and that they have strong feelings towards they they, they spend like an hour purposely being on snapchat without snapchatting them back and it's like so it's all kind of stupid head games one way or another it is it is and, and i would say yeah i would say also 
like, I don't even know if this is, like, a reach or not, but it's, like, it also, like, almost plays into all the, it's almost like a new variation of toxic masculinity and of internalized misogyny, like, of that dynamic. Why? Because, um, because, like, with the whole, like, Snapchatting and, like, people caring versus not caring with that whole, like, narrative that you're trying to build for yourself and with the whole, I want this person to see me this way. And so I'm doing this. So let's say I gave you a magic wand mm-hmm. and said, you can abolish all social media. Every platform I just named would just cease yeah. to exist. Would you do so? Yeah. You would? So, I would. So back to the old days of people yes. emailing and texting and then before that because having to speak on the phone. In the stage of capitalism that we're in, it's the self is what is marketed now. And that is just made so... That just That is just what happens with social media. Social media is a marketplace for yourself. I mean, I think people have always struggled with this and have always struggled with, like, the idea of perceiving oneself through others' perceptions of them. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I've, I've, I particularly struggle with this because I struggle with sense of self and things like that. And, like, that's, like, one of the struggles I face. Do you think that's you or do you think that's just typical of a 16 Um. Well, it's typical, but also my yeah. mental health, specifically my, I guess my, like, profile of mental disorders as like for lack of a better word to like there is a lack of sense of yeah, self although I would, I would say that. Abby the, the fact that those words are coming out of a 16 year old's mouth so everyone who's in this podcast studio which is just Hugo um, but everyone else in the bookstore everyone's got a series of you know mental issues that they struggle mm-hmm. with and I think most of the time they may never kind of really understand that about themselves yeah and here you are at the age of 16 and you get it and I think that's pretty pretty impressive it's just social media really, like, I don't know if it's, like, if it's created this or if it's just coincides with the branding of oneself as a way to, with the, what's it called? Do you mean, like, whether it's actually changed human nature and behavior or just sort of exacerbated it? Yeah, I think I think it might have, it might, it may just have exacerbated because people have always cared about what other people think of them, obviously. Sure. Right. But it's just with social media, it's just so, it's so, like, can I curse? Yeah, of course. It's, like, it's, like, actually, like, so fucked up how like easy it is to think about that to care about that too for social it, so, social media makes it so so easy for people to feel pain due to these problems and yet one thing that at least i think i pick up from you and your friends is that there is a greater sense of empathy and tolerance and acceptance mm-hmm. than certainly when i was growing up and our hugo if you kind of notice the same thing and so listeners may know hugo's kids and Abby, go to the same school, same grade. Um, so ha- if, if everyone is trying so hard to show a kind of an inauthentic version of themselves online, why do you think that there at the same time is more tolerance and empathy and acceptance? I mean, things evolve over time, right? Systems evolve over time. And I mean, humans like have consciousness, like we have like a general sense of ethics and morals and stuff. Like systems of oppression will just morph themselves almost into things that seem more acceptable with feminism like girl boss feminism or whatever like that it just it's more it's it's promoting the idea oh men have all the power and like women like can't don't have like a seat at the table okay like let's like let women be in power now and like that's just like gonna make it seem more inclusive while still being the same system that's still like does on like a material level hurt people yeah look what i've noticed from at least you and your friends is um, when people have struggles, rather than hiding them, people are very accepting of them. And on issues, mm-hmm. especially like gender and sexuality, people are just whatever. Like yeah. So 
do you think that that's kind of just a, a generational change or do you think it's specific to like the, the little bubble that you live in? I think both. I think both. There's definitely generationally like much more acceptance. But I mean, it's still also like the bubble I live in still like, it makes it so much easier because I mean, with like the overturning of Roe v. Wade, so many of those same politicians are against gay marriage. And that's like, that's actually terrifying. But the bubble I live in, I guess, like has made it so much easier for, I guess, like myself and other queer people like to be accepted and to live and to feel like more normal. And like, it's definitely a generational thing. So then what, what would you say is kind of the defining issue of your generation? What do you and your friends kind of worry about the most? I think the, the ramifications of the internet and the ramifications of the internet on how injustice is viewed, how oppression is viewed, how the self is viewed. Got it. That makes sense. All right. I'm going to make it a little lighter right now. And I'm going to ask you about different things that, that you, you like. I'm going to ask categories. And you tell me what you like. So okay. give me a couple of TV shows you like. TV shows. BoJack Horseman. Why? Um, it's genius. Okay. Um, Gilmore Girls. Why? Uh, I like the aesthetic and the characters. It's like funny. Okay. Is, is there a show that you feel like kind of captures your mentality or your generation or anything like that? No. What about Euphoria? I like Euphoria. I'll tell you, I watched the pilot episode of it and it scared the living shit out of me and I actually wasn't able to watch any more yeah. um, did, did it scare you or did it feel just normal to you? It felt like an exaggeration of what's normal. Sca- like scarier than I yeah. have. And dramatic because it's, it's yeah, a TV exactly. show. So what's the most recent TV show you've watched? Well, right now I'm rewatching both Bojack Horseman and Gilmore Girls, which okay. is why they were my first. Strong, strong endorsement. That's why they were my top answers. What about a non-repeat show? Oh, I just watched The Kardashians. How was it? It's so stupid, but I love it. Yeah, I think that's sort of the, yeah. that's the general American opinion on it. Yeah. Um, music. What what artist do you like? Um, Taylor Swift, Fiona Apple, mm-hmm. and can I pull up my Spotify? Yeah, sure. In the last month, I've listened to 127 artists, and the top 10 are Taylor Swift, then Lana Del Rey, then Kanye West, then Lord, then Fiona Apple, then Claro, then Playboy Cardi, then Katy Perry, then Nicki Minaj, then Maisie Peters. Got it. So of those 10, in terms of who you admire personally as opposed to just enjoying their music, who would you pick? Let me look at the list again. So. And then you said in 2020. One, you were in the top 1% of Taylor Swift's list? Top 0.05%. 0.05%. So how 36,000 minutes. I love Taylor Swift. That's a lot of Taylor, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, I, I really, really love Taylor Swift. Do you listen to podcasts? Sometimes, not really. Which ones if you do listen to podcasts? I know it's not this one, obviously. Um, but. <laughs> Emma Cha- Anything Goes with Emma Chamberlain. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, we listened to that in the car, remember? Yeah, we did. Ago? It was pretty good. Um, Philosophize This. Who's, who does that? Do you remember? Stephen West is his name, I think. Okay. He's pretty cool. Stephen, if you're listening to this, um, I wouldn't say I'm a biggest fan. I've listened to maybe like some of your, or I've listened to some of your podcasts and I like them. Um, what else? I don't know. I don't, oh, oh mom always plays in the car. Um, what's it called? Decoder Ring. Yeah, it's pretty good, right? Yeah. What's her name? Uh, Willa Ball. Willa, some, Willa, not Willa Cather. Willa Cather's no, Willa Cather's writer. Yeah. I was going to say Willa Cather, but I was like, no, that's... I think it's Willa something. I think it's, yeah. But um, I really a, like that. That's podcasts. a good segue to books. So you're a big reader. I am. Uh, what do you, what do you, have you liked recently? What are you reading right now? Okay, so I've been talking about the book I'm reading right now for like, I've been reading it for so long. I've been reading it for fully, like 
a week and a few days now, mm-hmm. which is such a long time to get through a book, especially when it's like my favorite book of all time. Not, not my favorite book of all time, but it's an amazing book. What is it? Uh, Trick Mirror. It's a book of essays. I keep talking about it because it's like, yeah. but it's like, it's like I've been reading it for so incredibly long because I have so much stuff to do and I have so much homework and I'm so busy. But um, that book I really, really love. Well, it's, all, it's also the kind of book where you think about stuff, right? It's not like a yeah, novel exactly. that you're just ripping through it. And let me, like, I'm pulling, I'm, I'm on my phone, but just for Goodreads. Let me okay. open Goodreads. Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Yep. Um, Narrative of the Life of Frederick Douglass. That was the summer reading, but it was really amazing. Yeah, it's a great book. Um, by the way, so is Malibu Rising. Not yeah. quite the same level as Frederick Douglass, no. but it's a fun read. Um, Dogs of Hummer by Andrea Abreu. I don't know that one. Um, I Hated Latvona. Yeah, yeah. Although you love, what's her name? Odessa, how do you say Odessa Moshfag. Yeah, but my year of rationalization is one of your favorite books, right? It's one of my favorite books. And I would say that says a lot about me in a positive and a negative way. But um, So then why did you hate her new book so much? It just wasn't interesting to me. It was about like some like shepherd boy. (laughs) It was. It was literally about that. But that's like half of your school. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, I loved Bunny by Mona Awad. That's a great book. Yeah. Uh, Slashing Towards Bethlehem by Joan Didion. Of course, yeah. Um, Welcome to the Monkey House, a collection of short stories by Vonnegut. Middlesex by Eugenides. I'm going On Sun Swallowing by Dakota Warren. She's a... I have like she's a she's a YouTuber, a booktuber, whatever, and she's like also a writer, and I really love her work. Are you gonna read? So I, I brought Cat's Cradle because Vonnegut. Last night I brought you home. I need. I, I really want to read that. Welcome. Was it Welcome to Crying H- in Crying H-Mart. H-Mart, which is I've heard really good things. Written about by it. the lead singer of Japanese Breakfast, which is a band that you and me and Hugo and a bunch of other people are going to see. Yeah. Tonight, uh, along with the Yeah Yeah Yeahs and the Linda Lindas, of those three artists, who are you most excited to see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know their music the best. Yeah, it's really good. Did um, you, have you listened to the new album that dropped yesterday? No, I still need to do that. I like um, it. What else? Okay. Uh, the Days of Abandonment by Elena Ferrante, my favorite book yeah, of Elena all time. Ferrante. So you went to Naples this summer. Yeah. How did it, did you feel like you knew it a little I bit because of Elena Ferrante? I loved Naples. I loved it. I loved how, I mean, it felt so real and, and like gritty in a way. And again, like, I think with reading like My Year of Rest and Relaxation, like a lot of social media is in the way it's like dangerous in the way that I've like had to like kind of catch myself from being this like romanticization of things such as like mental illness of things such as like eating disorders things like like mm-hmm. really problematic things of smoking cigarettes like the romanticization of things and the, the aestheticization of serious things is so dangerous and I think so when I was in Naples like I was like I love how gritty and real it is here but also, oh. And you, mom let you, I, I was, I had come back to New York already, but mom let you wander around by yourself? Yeah. Did you feel like that was crazy or not? No. Why not? Had, there's so, a lot of people, it was a crowded neighborhood or Airbnb, so it was like, there's like a lot of people there and stuff. It was right. like, like, I love how real it was and I love how, like, like I love The Days of Abandonment by Elena Ferrante, but it's like, I don't, like, I, I can love how a city looks and how real it feels with, like, out having to be and live in that city and to experience, like, the poverty and the, right. like, the struggles that many people in that city, like, that I, I like, like, the maybe, like, like, I like the vibe of, to say, like, right. that's, like, I think that's, like... The Napoleon, the Napoleonic, the Neapolitan vibe, right? No, but it's, like, that's yeah. something you have to be aware of. Oh Whoa, there's a fight uh, yeah. right in front of the studio. <laughs> On the street. Oh my god! Holy shit! Yeah, they took the phone away from the guy. Wow! So, oh my god! No, because it's like a, it looks like you're going to like a club or something. Like right yeah, there's a club right next door called Mr. Purple, and I guess people are trying to get in, and 
What, what happened, Hugo? What did you see? Let's um, still going. The guy, they were trying to oh get some God. guy off the line, and he was filming them, and then one of the security guards grabbed his phone away from him, and then he went crazy. Oh, my God. Wow. Wow, interesting. Well, then, you know what? Let's uh, pivot to the next topic I was asked about, okay. which is, what's it like growing up in New York City? <laughs> well, I don't know. It's like, because I've grown up here, because I've lived almost 15 out of 16 of my year, of my years, like, alive here. Right. Where'd, like, you, where'd you start out? Started out in Chicago. Then That's where I was born. Then Mexico City. Yep. Then New York City. It's a pretty cool list for a 16 year Yeah, it is. Yeah. The places I've lived. But um, it feels so normal to me. And, like, I don't know. I love, I love living in New York City. But I also, like, the other day, I, like, literally texted you and mom and Lyle. And it's like, I hate New York City. Because it was cold. It's so cold. It still is cold. I don't, I don't know. I, I think I have, I have almost, like, a love-hate relationship with New York City the way that anybody will have like a love-hate relationship with like their hometown and where they grew up but it's because it's New York City it's just like sounds like absurd do you feel unsafe here ever I don't feel unsafe here but that doesn't mean that it's not unsafe here and that like like if I was not somebody who could always like have money to get a taxi or an Uber home mm-hmm. or whatever yep. or, like be able yep. to get home safe and stuff and like I don't think I would feel as safe here and I mean there's obviously been times I felt unsafe here with like like I think the first time like a man was following me or whatever. That was like when I was like 12 years old. So like, yeah, I remember that. That's scary. Obviously, I have felt unsafe here, but I think, I think my I feel very safe here. But also like, that's more. That's not really a reflection on New York City. That's more a reflection on my your situation. On, yeah, my situation. What do you? What do you? What's kind of the thing? Let's say you go to college outside of New York City, which I think is clearly a plan. Getting right? out of the Northeast. Right. So what do you think you'll miss the most? I mean, I know you'll come home for hopefully for stuff. But, um. Yeah. Bagels. Okay. Joe's Pizza. Okay. Cell service everywhere. Even though there's cell service everywhere but in my room, and our Wi-Fi doesn't reach to my room. So yeah, we, gotta, we, we need to get fix some that. kind of booster. We'll get yeah. on that. Yeah. Because we're literally in the middle of New York City, downtown New York City, and like there's no cell service or Wi-Fi in my room. But um, cell service being everywhere, being able to walk around. I love walking around. New things happening and different, like, play, like being able to, like, it's like, it's like, always changing and just like exploring like the newness and the like being around people I love being around people I mean I'm an extrovert but like I even love being around people and like not even talking to them just like seeing people like outside the window here right now like I like that yeah even the fight um so yeah sorry so you're in a year and a half you go off to college you obviously don't know where you're going to go yet two things how are you thinking about it how big of a deal is it or not to you how big of a deal is not to your friends how much do you worry about it um, Where does it stand in your mind? College is much, much more important to many people I know than it is to me. Why? Because they want to get into Ivy Leagues and go to Harvard. What, or Brown, you, probably Brown, because that's where all everyone from my school goes. Right. So why, why do you think that is? A lot of people have a lot of pressure put on them by their parents like, and themselves to, to get really good grades and to be like a perfectionist and to get into a really good school and stuff. Like, a lot of people have that pressure put on them, and I don't have that pressure put on me. I also, I think I've had things in my life that were much more relevant than college, and it's yeah. like... Yeah, grades grades don't seem to matter that much. Uh, no. Compared to other stuff. But yet you really like... One thing I always think about with you is, I, I, as you know, I don't care where you go to college, and our listeners have heard me talk about the fact that I don't think it's important where you go to college. But the thing I'm excited about for you is you're the kind of student where... If you like a class, you're really yeah. into it. You do all the work. You yeah. do really well. And if you don't like it, it's like such a struggle for you well, to just get I, through it. I hate math, so I got a C in advanced pre-calc last year. But like, 
classes I like, I'm like gonna put a lot of effort and I love to learn things and like, like I will be learning things like outside of school just like because I like to like I watch I watch like video essays on YouTube and like like I like to read books so I can learn things like even like if I'm not like even if I'm reading a fictional book like learning like new words learning new things like I like to learn but also I struggle with school a lot so I would say college just like it kind of takes away that weird that like weird like thing aspect of like this of like it, may, it feels less like school because it's like what you want to pursue. Yeah, so what do you think you want to study in college? Or what, what are the types of things you're excited to look at in college? Um, well, we were thinking about art school yeah. for a while. but um, Have you ruled that out or is that still in I think it's ruled out because I don't want to do only art. Mm-hmm. Because although I do love studio art and that's what I do and that's what I want to like major in or something, like I don't think it's like... I, I also am interested in really... I'm really interested in other things like... I love literature, I love writing, I love reading. Um, I am really interested in politics, political science, really interested in sociology, philosophy. Philosophy is like a big one. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I'm kind of interested in all like the really useless majors. <laughs> you know, uh, I, what I learned, at least Abby, is the, the value of, of an education is to teach you how to think about things, not the specific yeah. things you learn. And then it's how to apply those to things yeah. that you care about and want to do with your life. Well, I already know DBT, so that's, that's right. why that's, So, yeah, so I've been saying in this podcast that DBT, which is Dialectical Behavioral Therapy, which is a way of kind of looking at the world in terms of how you validate yourself, how you validate other people, how you deal with conflict, how you perceive yourself. Dialectics right. also. Um, I've been saying that they should teach that in school, even if they have to take out, you know, science or something. What, what, yeah. what do you think? I mean, I think... Not DBT science, is but. very important, and I think it's like, it's a, I think for many people it's like basic knowledge, and then for many people it's like I learned it the hard way. But um, no, it's really important. It should be taught in schools, and like, I think even with the, even with the push to, to care about um, to care about mental illness as much as you when we care about like physical illness, like. That's still, like, even with that, it's still under-prioritized and it's still, like, stigmatized. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All right, last question. Are the Mets going to win the World Series? Yes. You think so? Why do you think that? Because I'm manifesting it. (laughs) If I say it, then it will happen. You're making it happen? Yeah. You're you're a pretty big fan. You go to a bunch of games. You're going to playoffs. I'm putting it into the world so that they will, and then... Yeah, you'll be you'll beat the playoffs. Ho- hopefully in two weeks, because if it's next yeah. week, that means that we did not win the division. So we can hopefully. win. I'm, I'm just gonna say that we are. So because it's like the opposite of jinxing it, just like makes it like happen. Good. All right. Manifest- well, oh wait, one second. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Can you keep in me? Can I plug my Instagram? Yeah, yeah. Of course. And can you not edit it out? Yeah, we don't have to edit it. Okay. Yeah. Um, go follow my Instagram at Abigail Margaret, but Margaret is M A R G R T T, and Abigail is spelled. A, I'll just spell it out all. It's A B I G A I L M A R G R T T. That's my Instagram. Go follow. And did you so? Do you spell your? It was because was Abigail Margaret the right way spelled already taken? I didn't want to spell it that way. Because when you were a kid, you always used to use an I instead of an E at the end. So that's why I was wondering if you were like. I did. Uh huh. Yeah. I went. How? You, when you would write your name, you just always you always. Where? Like I don't, I don't know, like a piece Where's of art you made e? or something. M A R G A R E T, right? But you would write M A R G E R I T. 
Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I was wondering if it kind of was a no, play it was, on that. No, I didn't even realize that. It's, it's Abigail, Margaret, but I didn't want to write out Margaret because that would be really long. And then T for, like, an, an extra T for Tusk. There you go. All right. Yeah. Abby Tusk, thanks for joining us. Thank you.